0: This is going to be a lively podcast. My name is Sean Bowles. I am your host, and I have today Banning Leapshire from Jesus Culture on. If you don't know about Jesus Culture, it's an amazing ministry based in Sacramento, California that came out of Bethel and Redding, California, and it's a ministry of worship. They do events, they do leadership development, and Banning and his wife, CJ, are this couple who have pioneered probably one of the most unique ministries in the world right now because they're going after the supernatural, but they're doing it amongst stadium gatherings and amongst the music industry. I mean, some of their worship leaders, Brian and Katie Turwell, just won a Grammy for songwriting last year. They've had such an influence and impact on this generation of especially youth culture and leadership development. It's amazing. So we're going to talk to Banning about how he got there, what happened, what are the, the exploring the prophetic points that we can get out of his life today. I'm so excited about our show, our podcast today, because we have Banning on, and Banning's been a friend for a lot of years. I think s- since you started Jesus Culture right after, I've started connecting and saying hi and,
1: yep. <laughs> and Reading. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep.
0: So welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thanks so much, man. It's good to be here. What always i always honored oh, to be hanging out with you.
0: Please. I love being a part of everything you're doing every time I come up to Jesus Culture. You guys are rocking it in Sacramento. With not just youth culture, because a lot of times people think of Jesus culture as like music and youth culture, but you guys do leadership development and you guys are, I mean, you have a church, you have an actual church location. And we used to joke around and say that our church was Jesus culture South, but you said, you don't want the stigma. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, just plant a movement already, banning. Lots it's of churches. true.
1: I'm going to be Jesus Culture South, Jesus Culture Southern California. You can be my the lead pastor down there, <laughs> or the lead, the lead prophetic apostle. No, no, uh, no. Yes, the title. I'll give you. I'll give you titles. If we do this, I will make sure to give you titles.
0: <laughs> I don't need any more titles. I have enough entitlement, and I'm tired of it. But hey, totally. you actually came into your journey there honestly, like from an encounter with God or several encounters with God. And in your 20s, we were just talking about it, how, I mean, God just led you on this journey that I remember talking to you years ago about how he even gave you, gave you visions for stadiums. And that was like a yeah. huge leap. And at yeah. the time, hardly anybody was filling stadiums or or having faith to rent a stadium, let alone bring youth musicians who are relatively unknown to them. And yeah. you've had this incredible legacy of building and really, I love the name Jesus Culture because you really have branded a culture around who Jesus is for this generation. But how did it start? Or to take us on a God journey story.
1: Yeah, well, I love that you're doing podcasts on the prophetic and all that you're doing just to empower people. for For me, I just think, I man, I don't know, I don't know what I would do without the prophetic. I, I don't, both in my own personal life, in my family, in our ministry, so much of what we're doing right now has either been given to the prophetic or confirmed by the prophetic. Yeah, my and, wife and I were I, talking
0: about that the other day. Like what would have happened if God didn't speak to us? You know, like we wouldn't have been anywhere where we're at right now. We would have just been normal humans, self-made. You know? Yeah. The best political no, totally. principles, but not any activation to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is the journey. I think the journey to prophetic is such a blast. And some of it doesn't make sense. Until you look back on it. For us, you know, when I got, when I really gave my life to Jesus at 17, I'd been saved, but at 17, I knew nothing about the prophetic. I knew nothing about revival. I knew, I I didn't grow up in really a charismatic uh, home at all. But I remember at 17, I started attending a church, an AG church. But I I remember being in high school, sitting in my classroom, daydreaming. Again, I didn't know anything about the prophetic, but I was daydreaming about stadiums full of people. And me and my friends sitting on stage and me about to go preach. Wow. And I remember having dreams, like like nighttime dreams of, uh, I remember two of them as a high schooler. Again, I knew nothing about the prophetic. We, We were in a charismatic church, but not in a supernatural church, if that makes sense. And I remember having dreams of preaching at a church that was packed with people and people were spilling outside and... I remember having a dream about laying hands on some people and getting them healed. So for me, pretty early on, again, I didn't know it was the prophetic, but the Lord just started laying a foundation. And then we go into my 20s, and it is just a massive swirl of people calling me out of nighttime dreams. For me, dreams have been uh, probably the biggest part of the prophetic. I mean, I, I, I had so many dreams about things we're doing now, about what we're going to be called to doing, about connecting with certain individuals and the level of influence. And, and it was almost like the Lord was just beginning to paint a picture, and he was uh, just laying a foundation that we're still holding on to today that still actually ignites faith in us today. Wow. We know what God, I, I know what God told me. I know what he showed me, and uh, this is why we keep moving forward. And then, like you said, the arena and all this type of stuff, it was all prophetically ignited for us. Wow.
0: So tell me this because I mean obviously those are pretty lofty prophetic revelations. Those are some big, huge things as a seventeen year old could receive, which I love. But you probably weren't in a culture that was conducive to dreaming those kinds of dreams at the time. I and mean, wherever it was were yeah. people, people yeah. supportive or did you just hide it? Like how did that develop well, for you?
1: I'm not even sure I knew what to do with this stuff. Like like uh, dreams were coming, and by the time dreams were coming, Bill had come and he had kind of opened up some stuff. But especially in those early days when I was daydreaming or having these dreams, just kind of hold on to them. I knew again. This is the weird. This is the interesting thing about the prophetic for me. Sometimes the prophetic, so many times, is is confirmation or a faith builder. So yeah. so many times for me, it's been directional. Go do this. But many times, it's simply been a confirmation that what I heard was correct, or it, it gave me faith to do that thing. And so, so many of those things in the early days that the Lord showed me, they were directional, but I already had a sense in my heart that God had a call on my life, that He wanted to, you know, that he wanted to use me for things. I think the prophetic for me as I look back, uh, especially my early 20s, and then like I said, in, in my late teens, it's kind of that thing that either ignites faith in you or it, it puts hope in you as well as confirmation. When we, when we went to Chicago in 2011, which was a whole prophetic journey to Chicago to go to that arena, uh, whenever we left, the next, the next 12 months up to that point was probably the hardest 12 months of my entire ministry life wow. for sure. I mean, everything was on fire. And um, besides, my ha- besides my home, my family, everything else was just like kind of imploding in some areas and a lot of pressure, a lot of tension, not to be dramatic, but like having a hard time sleeping at night and, and just really, like really walking through some stuff. But it was one dream, one dream that I held on to because, and as crazy as it seems, it's like super simple, but we went to Chicago in July. Or August, we went to Chicago in August. That May of 2011, somebody sent me a dream, and in the dream, um, so I was 35 in uh, in when we went to Chicago in 2011. In the dream, I said I'm 39 years old, and our ministry has exploded, and it was wow. just kind of in a positive. It was in a positive light. So in the dream, I said I was 39, and our ministry was doing well. And uh, so, literally, <laughs> the entire 12 months, I'm like, I'm like, That's what okay. I know I make it till I'm 39. <laughs> like, I know that our ministry doesn't crumble oh. and completely go away because in the dream, I was 39 and it was positive. And so as crazy as that is, sometimes the prophetic comes and it's it's it, it, it's, it's directing me. and it's, But also, I'm just holding on to half of it. <laughs> I'm just holding on to like, even in my own personal family, which I can't. Uh, Something involves my kids, so I have to be a little bit careful about it. Yeah. But you know, the Lord gave us a uh, you know, I remember some people coming to us and they're like, Hey, you're about to go through some storms, but God's got you, you'll make it. And I don't really receive storm words. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, Yeah, I'm good. I you know, I kind of like, yeah, totally. <laughs> I walk away, like, I, you know, in the name of Jesus. I I don't tell them that, but I walk away kind of rebuking it. And then, man, a storm hit our family. And uh, and I, I remember going, okay, wait a second. I got a word about this. Okay. They said we made it through this. Like they said we made it through this and, uh, um, and dreams that came right before this situation. And so, so many times for us, I, this is why when we say, how do we do without the prophetic? Like, I don't know how I do it without God speaking to me and I, and holding on to what he said.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I can relate to that because I remember Bob Jones years ago when I was going to, uh, released key Zem's economy as a book it's a prophetic visitation or encounter i had that i didn't want to release that i want to be one of those prophetic guys who has like a book about a visitation i was like i'll just release a free word (laughs) on the internet but i had all these directive words i was supposed to do this i was like oh this stinks you know it doesn't stink to steward it and i love to do it but it just was so outside my box and i go bob when should i release this and do you have a word about it because he would always ask us to like include him you know and so he goes Yes, you're supposed to release it when you want to go through the worst financial oppression of your life.
1: Oh, gosh. And
0: I said, I don't believe in that. Like, I don't even believe in that it word. He goes, But when you break through, you'll never have financial oppression again. And you'll enter into oh. a success that's rare in a generation. And I'm like, I, I just don't believe in that. Like, how long do you think the oppression would last for? He goes, Oh, it'll be like eight years or more. Oh, gosh. And I've <laughs> always done really good in finances before that. So it's like, going, This is, And he goes, not only that, but it'll affect everybody you're in ministry with. They'll all come under the worst oppression. And you're going to have to use creativity to solve all of your problems, not finances. And God's going to train you how to walk with him through that. And I just, I literally, I rebuked it. I I thought I had a handle on it, like I'm going to rebuke it. And then, of course, I released the book. It sold, banning like 170,000 copies in the first year. And my publisher went bankrupt. And they didn't pay me at all. Like, they didn't have any money. They had nothing. So they didn't pay me. And and they didn't have records that were correct records inside of it. So it's one of those things where I'm, like, going – what just happened? And then everybody got hit financially. And I was the same way. I was like, I don't believe in the storms. I don't believe in this kind of prophecy. But then as soon as it happens, you're like, I hold on to a God. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, I'm going to find that word. I called him up. I'm like, no, what was the other part? What was the good part? Please tell me the good part. And he's like laughing going, you're going to make it through and you're going to have incredible breakthrough financially. And we have, but it was just, it was one of those things where I don't think people, because we, we don't have a great theology for God's encouragement, that words aren't always happy, happy, joy, joy, but they actually are sustaining. They, they help us yes. to sustain us through things that everybody goes through. Like, everybody goes through this kind of stuff. Everyone goes through um, hardship, yeah. but not everybody has God saying, not only are you going to make it, but you're going to thrive. You're going to succeed afterwards. Just persevere. You know, I love James Warworth says, you know, consider it pure joy whenever you face any trials of any kind. And I'm like, yes. no. <laughs>
1: pure joy yes greatly rejoice not just rejoice greatly rejoice greatly
0: rejoice and you're like watching your family go through stuff like yeah yeah not so much you know but I get it
1: but it is it is those words too I mean for us those words um you you know the bible talks about bearing long you know though I bear long with you I'm like dude in those bearing long seasons I don't know what I would do without the prophetic in my life Totally. In the words that God has spoken to me. And, and, and even, I remember Rick Joining years ago talking about that, you know, when the Israelites, they were promised a land of flowing with milk and honey, and the next step was three days without water. So like, for, <laughs> like forget milk and honey, they didn't have water. Yeah, you don't and care about milk conce- and honey when you can't drink. Yeah, you just want water. But the concept that I know what God spoke to me. Like I know what he told me. So, so for me, both in my own personal life with my family, in our ministry, so much of the perseverance that we are called to walk out. You're describing it. Like to act like a Christian doesn't have to persevere or walk through stuff and and encounter God at a deeper level, that He really will he, that He really is faithful, that He really will never leave you or forsake you. But those seasons, man, I just, man, holding on to the prophetic is is. Man, it's just what we do.
0: It is what we do. It's it's the only sustainer. I think I, I love the message version. One time we were reading it as a church, and we we're reading about the fruits of the spirit. One of them is patient perseverance. When you read the message version, and all of us looked at each other, being from Los Angeles, going, "What is that? What is, you know? I don't know if I believe in patient perseverance. You know, I want it now, and just that kind <laughs> of mentality. And I think the prophetic is honestly the only gift set that teaches you how to love God in the long term, in the big picture, like it sustains you in the big picture while you're in the middle of normal life. And so it sounds like that's happened quite a bit for you guys. Tell me this in, in the midst, because a lot of people would have seen you banning during the season of even 2011 as flying high, you were like the youth pastor of Bethel. You guys are doing huge events. You've started Jesus culture. You've done all this stuff. And a lot of people would have looked at it and been like, what? Wait, there was, there was, you know, some trouble because people from the outside just never know. But I remember being in meetings. They
1: don't see it on my Instagram.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I show everything on my Instagram, don't you? (laughs) But I was in meetings with you where like, I remember Cindy Jacobs prophesied over you somewhere. And I remember I just being, being around two or three times when people prophesied over you. And during that time, like, you know, I know not every word you can take to the bank of encouragement, But like, tell me like one of those experiences and you already told like two, but tell me one more of those experiences where something that somebody said helped you to see.
1: Yeah. I mean, Cindy, both Cindy Jacobs and Lou Engel, another guy named Michael Ratliff from years ago, they spoke some pretty significant words uh, uh, over us about really beginning to believe. It wasn't just about stadiums, but really beginning to believe for stadium type stuff probably one of the most profound shaping words for us was Bob Jones had been with us. Again, it, it's interesting because you feel stuff in your heart and your spirit, you know? You're like, I, especially if you've got that, if you're visionary, you're, you're, you can see this stuff. But we were a youth group. We literally were a youth group with some youth kids. Like, I'm not exaggerating that point. I don't, <laughs>
0: Chris Key I was there, I came down to your youth group. Yeah, I saw it, it was just a youth group.
1: Yeah, Chris Key was, um... Uh, was so he's 34. Chris Kilala was 12. He was a junior high kid when I started. He was <laughs> he was in my wedding when he was 14 years old. That's amazing. He was a freshman in high school. Was in my wedding. Uh, Ian McIntosh, our keyboard player, went was just a freshman. Kim had just turned 18, moved to Reading, um, and got involved in our youth group. Like we're kind of like a youth pastor and a bunch of youth kids and youth leaders, and we started getting these words. Like all of a sudden, it was this influx of like um, I see this room full of people. I see this mobilization, all this stuff, and then Bob Jones comes in two thousand four. So we had started doing conferences in ninety nine, but we but they were all kind of local. We hadn't really gone out with him yet. We hadn't recorded an album yet, anything like that. Bob Jones comes and he's and and he comes and I, he meets with our youth team. Never forget it. And and he's up there and he's just. He's talking, and he starts sharing about that music. Is going to be one of the main things. that, mo- like, He starts wow. talking about music, and music wasn't even an issue for us. We hadn't even recorded anything yet at all. He starts talking about music. He starts talking about some mobilization stuff. He, he tells us, this is the crazy thing. This is in 2004. He says there'll be two churches. And he begins to describe two churches. I thought he meant two movements for 10 years because the sure. church wasn't even on my radar. Sure. But, but he starts talking to us about two churches and starts giving us details about two different churches. And then he says this in 2004. He says, you guys are going to uh, – he starts telling us what – he goes, you guys, you know, about national stuff. He says, but you're not ready yet. God has to knock some rough edges off of you. He said <laughs> in two years, he said in two years, God will release you into this. Well, well almost to the day, almost to the day in 2006. It was it was the first I don't know how to describe this. It was the first time we moved from Bethel Church to our convention center in Reading. Cindy Jacobs was with us for the first time. I didn't know Cindy, Cindy Jacobs came and was with us. And we and um and we were about to record, we recorded the the we cry out album is the one that went on YouTube with the song how he yeah, loves yeah. that that blew everything up for us. Well, that was all recorded there, uh, almost okay. to the day of what Bob said. Wow. Cindy came, released a word over us. We record this album. Bob sings. So it it it's just this. Um, for us, that's the shaping part of the prophetic. Paying attention to it, uh, holding on to it, um, you know, moving forward with it. So when Bob came and released that to us. It just—it was like there was all these words that had come, but Bob came, shared that thing, and and we knew. And sure enough, two years later is when in two thousand six is really when we started taking conferences out. When the album started blowing up, all this stuff happened.
0: Wow, that's amazing. I just think of how I love how you're using the word shaping the prophetic has been shaping. And I I feel the same way, and I, you know, we just constantly are feeling shaped by God's expectation, not our expectation. And it's a harder journey, but man, the the fruit of it is so much better. Obviously with you guys, you were just a local youth group. I remember coming and even when you were in your first, you know, in 2006, I came to Reading for the first time. And I think I, I hung out with the youth and Ian McIntosh's yeah. sister came and worked for us for a while. You know, like we, yeah, that's right. we just had like a connection to some of your team and some of your people. And it was just so cool to see them come from a local church mindset, but have a dream of God and say, we're going to touch the nations. And I was just with Chris and Alyssa a a week ago at a wedding. And we were just like marveling at like in 10 years, what God's done, just how cool is God in 10 years. And there's been such a price, you know, you guys have paid, but at the same time, like how cool is it that you let God shape your expectations? So my hope is, as we're exploring the prophetic on this podcast that people listen and say, I want to be shaped by the prophetic. And I want to, I want to build a long suffering, that long suffering love that, that God talks about in the Bible. that's so rare. And they're hearing you now. How old are you now, Banning?
1: I'm 41.
0: Yes. We're two years apart. I forgot. I thought you were yeah, 40 for some on. reason. I remember when no. your 40th birthday happened, but you know, like we're in our forties now and we both started as teenagers just going after it and just. How we're like, I feel like I'm walking into some of the greatest things of my life now. You're walking into some of the greatest things of your life now. That I had prophecies about when I was 15, and you yeah. had dreams in your heart when you were 17, and that that patient perseverance it, it takes sometimes two decades, you know, three decades, yeah, to really develop that. And that's hard for people when they're 20 to hear. Yeah. But man, if they, once they're in it, they're like, oh wait, Banning, Sean, like yeah. they made it. Yeah. They didn't leave their yeah. passion. They didn't leave their love. They have good families. They have healthy, you know, like that's huge. And we have examples yeah. like Bill Johnson and, and, you know, just different examples. Danny, some people above us that have, have, you know, they're now in their 50s, 60s, you know, whatever. So I think it's just beautiful.
1: I think that what you're describing is so interesting because I think in your 20s, the prophetic can be hard because you have no concept. You wouldn't even believe somebody said, hey, this is going to be 20 years as you begin <laughs> totally. to see the fruit of this. And then when you get into your 40s, the prophetic is harder because, you, you know, you begin to feel like you have less time. Like, wait, you know, I'm going to be in my 50s. Totally. So it's this, it's this intriguing kind of journey. But, you know, I remember reading the Quest for the Radical Middle, which was, uh, I forget who the author is, but kind of their history of the Vineyard Movement. And I remember reading and so grateful to the Vineyard Movement because what they yeah. walked through, one of the things that they revealed to it, a lot of people got, hung, um, got stumbled on the prophetic because of timing. Yeah. So prophetic words came, but they didn't understand that these things take a lot of time. <laughs> and uh, and, so and I think many times, I think the prophetic's an intriguing thing, because when the Lord comes and gives you a word, he's actually s- s- it's starting in motion something that will take time, and the word is the thing you hold on to as you walk it out. But I remember I, getting frustrated with God going like, God, listen, if you're going to come give me a word, how about you come give me a word like two days before it happens? <laughs> like two days before it happens. Yes. Like, you know, like, like two days before Billy Graham calls me and hands over his ministry to me, give me a word then. <laughs> like, give That's me a awesome. word then. But this yeah. whole thing where you're giving me a word, but it's not going to be for 20 years or, or, or it's going to unfold and really not bear fruit for 20 years- the, and, but what I realized was, uh, now that I'm older, the prophetic word was just the grace of God in my life in this, that when God releases a word to when he released a word to me in my 20s, I sure feel ready, but I'm not ready at all. In fact, if God was to release that word on me, if God was to release what he said to me when I was 22, on me at 22, it would have killed me. Oh, yeah. There's the no, there's no way. There's no I way the I was, I was not big enough to handle what he said. So what he does is he speaks to me and then he says, we got 20 years to grow you until you're the size of what I said to you. Wow. And and so all of a sudden, but and that prophetic is is the thing that gives pain purpose. It's the thing that you hold on to as you're, as the Lord's growing you. We went through a situation last year where, uh, you know, I, I'm uh, we we went through a pretty tight financial situation as a ministry. For, uh, again, if you're from a cash flow standpoint, and it sure. was it was pretty it was pretty tight. But the Lord just kept speaking to me. He just kept speaking to me that it, th- this is the word He gave me. Uh, Banning, you're in the weight room. You're wow. in the weight room, and so the weight room, like the gym, you know, weights, lifting weights. He said, "You're in the weight room right now." He said, "You're going to be extremely grateful." for your season in the weight room when I put you in the game. Wow. He said, when I put you in the game, ah, you're going to awesome. be extremely grateful for your season in the weight room. And what happened was when he gave me that word, all of a sudden, everything we were going through, I, I was grateful for. Yeah, you're learning <laughs> and, from and, it.
0: You're like, oh, wow, yeah, this is school.
1: And it, it made more sense to me. And so it's that type of thing, like the Lord's given me a word. The same thing he gave to you, like what gets you through those eight years of financial oppression is we had a word, like we had a word. And so yeah. that's why I think for me, when, it, when we're talking about shaping, really mean that, like it helps shape and mold who we are on this journey.
0: This is so awesome. Well, you're listening to Sean Bowles and Banning Leapstern. This is Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. And Banning, how do we get a hold of you if somebody wants to follow you on Facebook or they want to get uh, in touch with your ministry? How do they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, JesusCulture.com has uh, all the ministry stuff. And then just online, The Banning, <laughs> T-H-E, the banning. banning. Everybody never makes fun of me for that. But when we first started Twitter, I didn't even know what – like literally it was all Twitter handles. I'm like, totally. I don't know. What should I do? And and Banning Leapster was too long. So The Banning. <laughs> and no one can spell your last the name. The Banning. This is true. And no one can spell my last um, name. And then what was that your most recent
0: true. book that you did? Was it Rooted?
1: Yeah, Rooted. So get, rooted. get, get yep. I've
0: read Rooted, and I loved how you packaged it for those of us who you've sent in advance. <laughs> it was so awesome. But I, I, I love this book, Rooted, and it's really, it really is a discipleship tool. So I'm going to encourage you who are listening to get his books. He has several books, and to follow Banning. And thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Uh, so good to be here with you.
0: Thank you for joining us today on Exploring the Prophetic. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and I want to encourage you to continue the conversation with us. Go to our website, www.bowlesministries.com. Also, let's continue the conversation together on our Facebook page. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together.